Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Sponsored by Dext. Welcome to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. In a special two-part series, I'm here with Dr. John Fint, the habit mechanic. I've got his book in my hand right now. It's a brilliant tune for professionals out there that are feeling a little bit fatigued, overloaded, wondering how to get more out of the day. In today's crazy VUCA world of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Dr. John Finn, welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you back, John. In part one, which we'll put a link to in the show notes, we talked about setting the scene here with how habits drive our performance, and they're very much a part of everyday life. Will you just recap that episode for us so the people that missed it can get a flavor of what we talked about, because now we're going to go into some of the solutions. But habits rule our world, don't they? Brains, and therefore what we do and think, is run by habits. Habits are automatic or semi-automatic uh, behaviors, what, again, what we do and think. And we, we, we know that at least 98% what we're doing and thinking right now is automatic slash semi-automatic. And sometimes that's 100%. And our habits are driving everything that we think and do, including our biases, and our belief systems. So most of our behavior is, is, is subconscious. We're not aware of it. We're just aware of this tiny little bit that we've got in our prefrontal cortex. So there are many pop psychology books out there on, on habits. I think the best thing to do with those is screw them up and throw them in the bin because they haven't done a very good job at illustrating just how important habits are in our lives. They're not a nice thing to understand. They are fundamental to everything that you think and do, your, your health, your happiness, your performance, but also to your business's success. Your business runs on habits. And yet we're not really considering that when we're thinking about how to help other people to do better. Well, we're just getting through our day and we don't really consciously think about habits. But for professionals like accountants, you deal with a lot of professional people, lawyers, bankers, super smart people, John. What are the first steps you get them taking to be more intentional with their time and their habits? Yeah, so the first thing we always do is give people a gist understanding of how their brain actually works and understanding that we're doing all this subconscious stuff that often is very unhelpful. And that opens the door for us to do more of what we call intelligent self-watching. So intelligent self-watching means deliberately stepping back and thinking about ourselves in an, in an, in an intelligent way, not just thinking, oh yeah, I'm, I'm tired or I beat myself up too. And a really simple way you can do that is you can say, answer this question, how well did you do your best to be your best and achieve your goals in the last 24 hours? So 10 would mean you were perfect, one would mean you failed. And you give yourself a score on that continuum. doesn't matter what the score is. It just means what's more important is that you're thinking about yourself in an intelligent way. It is subjective though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely subjective. But um, it gives us a benchmark, if you like. Yeah, it's a measurement. It's a, it's a measurement. Just say that question again, John. It's quite profound. How well did you do your best to be your best and achieve your goals in the last 24 hours? So 10 would mean you were perfect. One would mean you failed. You're probably somewhere in between. Well, nobody would get a 10 on that, would they? No one could claim perfection in a, a busy day. Well, someone could claim perfection. Um, but if they keep doing, if they keep going through this process, hopefully they're going to see that they're probably not perfect. And that's the whole point. We're developing our intelligence, our habit mechanic intelligence about ourselves. We're not all that intelligent about ourselves because our brain is just not wired in that way. Our brain is wired to be thinking about the external world not about what we're thinking about. If it was, we wouldn't be able to think about too much else than our internal thoughts. 
So we've got to make ourselves do this. So if we want to do better, it's about doing more intelligent self-watching. And the calendar is a great uh, backbone to help us to do that days, weeks, and months. So once we recognize where we are on that continuum, and it's not about having a perfect measurement because no measurements are perfect. We get lost in this idea of if it's a number, it's true. If it's an opinion, it's false. No, it's all data. Accountants love that. The whole, the whole point of science is to measure things and what you're looking for, science is a way of measuring things. And, and any theory someone comes up with, someone else will have a different theory that says, well, what your theory is not true. My theory is true. That isn't the point of science. The point of science is to get data, lots of data, and, and to start make a compelling argument with the data. So what we're trying to do as having mechanics is, is collect more data about ourselves, more intelligent data, and we're going to go on a journey. And if we keep checking in with ourselves every day, periodically, every every week and every month, we're going to get more intelligent data on ourselves. Um, so we, we assess where we are quickly. We then say, okay, well, I'm at a, I'm a six today. What can I do to get up to a six and a half a seven in the next 24 hours. So I can create what I call a tiny empowering action. We call it a T. So I'm just going to pick one tiny thing that I can do today that's going to give me a better chance of being at my best. So I might say, I'm only going to check the news once today. I might say, I'm going to go for a five minute walk at lunchtime. I might say, I'm going to write a positive written reflection at the end of the day. I'm just going to pick one tiny thing. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to put it in the Habit Mechanic University app. This is, this is where we do that. Um, and then the final thing I'm going to say is, why why is it going to be why is it helpful for me to do that thing well, if i only check the news once today i'll be more focused i'll be more efficient and effective with my time less distracted i'll get my work done more effectively i'll get to finish work on time i'll get to spend more time with my family if i go for a 10 minute walk at lunchtime i'll be more energetic in the afternoon i'll get through my work faster i'll get to finish work on time etc if i write a positive reflection at the end of the day it help me to draw a line in the sand between uh, work and home life help me to de-stress switch off activate my evening routines so in two minutes i've created what we call a daily tea plan um, we've got the habit mechanic university app where we do that collectively together and everyone's free to join that that's also the first chapter in the book so what the habit mechanic book gives you is there's over 30 tools like that, that not only show you how to build better habits yourself one tiny step at a time but for those people that are listening they've got teams it shows you how to create a culture that makes it super easy for your people to build better habits as well but the basics are always more intelligent self-watching and better planning. And we, we plan to do better by using behavioral science. So very sneakily in that what sounds a very, very simple three-step plan, there's tons of behavioral science built into that. That's taken about 20 years to make that so simple. Like all simple things are actually quite complex. And this is a, a fabulous reference book, as you say, John, with many different approaches. And am I right in thinking people wouldn't need all 30 because say Dr. John Finn's approach to habits and what works for him isn't for me because my weapons are not his and my problems are not his and my personality is not his. So I'm going to pick the few out of here that will really work for me and you would do the same for you and they might be very different approaches. Would that be right? Absolutely. So nothing we say is prescriptive. This is about giving people the tools to go on a journey, a more informed journey. You know, the understanding of peaks and troughs in life is well understood. So when you're a habit mechanic, you're better able to assess, first of all, where are you on the mountain if you think you're climbing up and down mountains? Where actually are you? Do you need to push yourself a bit higher, harder, or do you need to set your foot off the gas a little bit? Equally, when you feel like you're coming down the other side uncontrollably, you're better able to stop yourself bowling quite as quite as far and get yourself back on track further. So that's what the Habit Mechanic approach is all about. It's about using a science-based approach to be healthier, 
happier and at your best more often by building better habits because habits drive everything that you do they drive everything that your people do but we fail john don't we we fall off the wagon we set noble goals even tiny empowering actions as you say but we screw up or something comes up so how do we deal with that psychologically so first of all is to recognize that our brain is wired to tell ourselves these negative stories and to beat ourselves up that all of a sudden I've messed up and I'm wasting 30 seconds and then a minute and then five minutes and then 10 minutes and 20. And all of a sudden I've spent an hour today beating myself up and worrying. And I'm saying that I can't be any more efficient with my time, really. So just understanding that is really powerful. And then this is why it's important to keep checking back in with ourselves. So if, if I keep checking back in with myself, so I'm going to recognize faster. Wait a minute. Beating myself up about that isn't very helpful. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset. I'm going to set another goal that's easier to achieve because I'm actually learning now that some of these goals I'm setting are actually, I'm just setting myself up for failure. And although I'm setting the goal, I know what I'd like to do. I'm not creating a, a plan, a behavioral science informed plan that's going to give me a great chance of doing it. So as I have a mechanic, I am sharpening and refining my approach to being my best all the time by using really robust science. And I don't just have my T plan. I've got my, got my weekly plan. I've got my fam story, my future ambitious, meaningful story that I update every every month or every eight weeks. So more intelligent self-watching, more intelligent planning are our two key tools. And that's what runs throughout the book. But how you use those tools will be idiosyncratic to you. But you will only learn what works for you by trying and testing things out. And we've 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 created these ideas by testing them out on over 10,000 people. And every one of those 10,000 people uses the ideas a little bit differently. But there are the, the same first principle rules is common throughout everyone is that your brain works like this. And this is a powerful way to set goals. This is a powerful way to check in with yourself, et cetera. So there are some common principles that all have mechanics use, but equally, we're all using them a little bit different. The problem becomes when people set goals or habits, John, they know they should do, they know are important. Like going to the gym, you gave that example in the earlier episode. We know we should walk 10,000 steps a day, but we don't do it. We know we should give up eating chocolate, but we don't do it. So why don't we do it, even though we know it's the right thing and it's good for us? Because we run on habits. And we've not reprogrammed the habit. We don't do what we know we should do. This is the myth. <laughs> so here is not what you do. You do what you do the 98% to 100%. You don't do what you know you should do. You do what you're in the habit of doing. We do what's easy. We do what's accessible. We do what we've done before. They're invisible to us, Rob. And this is what, and I can see this uncovering for you as we talk through it. Habits are invisible to us. We think we know what they are. We don't know what they are. Because what we've, how we've learned through habits is, is through what I'd call simplifiers. People that are good at simplifying very complex ideas, typically journalists. Great. And they they're write popular books on that but they the idea is oversimplified. Habits are driving everything that you are doing. So goals and habits are different ideas. Habits are what you're doing now. They're what you're thinking, what you're doing. A goal is something that you want to do different. So what you're trying to do is automate the behavior that is going to help you to achieve the goal. So if you want to go to the, to the, if you want to do more exercise, there are a set of habits that you can start to develop that will make it easier for you to do more exercise. And there are nine factors that drive our habits called the nine action factors that, that, that is the backbone of the book. And I can explain those if that's helpful. Why don't you give us a couple? Because the key message I'm getting here, John, is that habits are complex things just as the mind is. And we need to be educated and forearmed and forewarned to really appreciate what is going on behind the scenes here to know how to get best performance. But yeah, give us a couple of these facets. Yeah, so if, if we take learning to drive as an example, because learning to drive is a complex behavior and, and behaviors are just the outcomes of, of, of habits essentially, but other complex habits are managing stress well, better sleep, being more productive, 
being a great leader, these are all complex things to get better at. On the other end of the habit continuum, the simple end are things like eating more donuts, watching more Netflix, checking social media more, doing more busy, mindless work. If you want to do more of that, you don't have to worry too much about behavioral science and habit science because it's already stacked on your side. So when you learn to drive, and these nine action factors are in play all the time. They are driving everything that you are doing every millisecond of every day, yet they're largely invisible. So when you learn to drive, if you don't believe you can drive, if you don't have the mechanic mindset, you'll never be able to do it. So you've got to have the right mindset in order to learn something new. When you learn to drive, you accept that you're going to learn one tiny step at a time, and you're going to do it over maybe three, six months. When we're trying to uh, lose weight, for example, if you haven't done after the first week, you give up, you beat yourself up. So we can make change, but it's tiny changes because that's how our brain works. If you want to learn how to drive, it's going to be easier to do it if you can connect it to your bigger, meaningful goals. So I had to get the kids to school, I had to get to work, whatever it was. It's going to be easier to make a small change today if you can connect it to your bigger goals. Of often to get better at new complex things, you need more knowledge and more skills. That's why you have driving lessons. That's why if you want to build better habits, you need to read the Habit Mechanic book, for example. We model and copy what people around us do, social influence. We um, are driven by reward and penalty systems. So if you drive well, your car insurance goes down. If you drive poorly, your car insurance goes up and you lose your license after after a while. We, we run on reminders, on triggers. So people get reminded what to do when they're driving. If they don't put their seatbelt on, there's a ping, ping, ping. There's a speedometer in the car. There are There's literally a line in the middle of the road that's designed. That's how smart and clever we are. We have to put a line in the middle of the road to remind us what side of the road to drive on. There are speed cameras, police cars, all designed to remind you what to, to drive safely. And then of course, we have what we talked about in the first episode, part one, brain states. So if you learn to drive, if you try to learn to drive when you're sleep deprived, it's going to take a lot longer and you probably never actually do it. And if you do it when you've got your high charge brain, so all these factors are in play all of the time, and yet we're not considering hardly any of them. And that's why we fail, because we don't know the rules of the game. And John, would you advocate that if people, say accountants, want to bring in a habit of calling a client a day and asking how they are, it's just good practice in client management, but that's not scheduled. They just have it that it's a good idea to, at some point in the day, give a client a call or give a colleague a call or see how a team member's doing or call their mother or something like that. Are you a fan of scheduling that and put it in a block in the calendar so that it's very intentional, or is it just a case of keeping it front of mind and trying to find the right time? If we keep it front of mind, then that's knowing it's not habit. We want to build the habit. So some some people might already have the habit, so having it front of mind is enough. But if I want to build the habit, we need to make it really specific. So the one call is great. I need to work out what's the competing behavior. So when I'm, I know that I should have called the client today, but I didn't do it because I got busy on emails, okay? So what reminds me to check the emails while well, they're pinging everywhere? So what can I do to trigger me to make the call, right? I want to put it in the calendar, a specific time, switch the emails off whilst I'm doing that. What are, what are the reward and penalties for doing it or not doing it? Who can I who can I ask to, re, to help me to remind me to do it? So we can use those factors to create what we call a habit building plan to make it easy for us to start to establish that new habit so that we automate it. And in today's overloading world, things are only going to get busier and more unwieldy for us if we don't get a handle on this now, John. I dread to think what shape we're going to be in with our mental health, our mental state over the next few years if we don't. Buy the book, apply the principles, just get a handle on habits. Yeah, it's frightening. I think it's absolutely frightening. The volume of, of stress and strain the average person experiences every day now is just off the scale. So no wonder people are laying in bed at night, you know, wide awake, can't sleep, because no one's teaching us 
and, and all the solutions out there are just more more knowledge. Here's some more knowledge about how to do self-care. Here's some more knowledge about how to do stress management. Here's some more knowledge about how to be a better leader. Here's some more knowledge about how to sleep better. We don't run on knowledge. We run on habits. So here's how to build a better stress management habit. Here's how to build better leadership habits. Here's how to build better sleep habits. So all this stuff that's out there to help us to do better is, is literally a waste of time because we don't do what we know we should do. If there is more resource out there than ever, both in time, money, knowledge, for helping people to manage mental health, yet more people than ever before have mental health challenges. Those two things don't stack up for me because the stuff that's out there clearly isn't helping people to do better. I'm a little bit embarrassed because I just wrote that quote down. We don't run on knowledge, we run on habits. And here am I doing a podcast today, giving people lots more knowledge. It's easy to create content. It's not so easy to assimilate it. And it's even less easy to implement it. So just taking a breath and preaching to myself that knowledge is not the answer. It's application of that knowledge and the right kind of knowledge and changing your habits. That's the answer here, John, isn't it? Yeah, that's the key. And the challenge is, is that what we are going to get valued for, you know, we see artificial intelligence coming at a rate of knots. What artificial intelligence can't do anytime soon is the very clever, complex things the human brain can do in relation to engaging with other human beings. But it's harder than ever for us to get into that headspace where we're using that high-charged brain to do our most complex, challenging work. So it's really about learning how to build habits that allow you to do that. And that's what the habit mechanic approach is all about. Yeah, this has been a great visit into the wonderful world of habits. Just tell us in closing, John, how people can find out more, get hold of your app, get hold of the book. The Happy Mechanic book you can get on Amazon or any major online uh, bookstore. We've got the audio, audio book. We've got the physical book, the ebook. We've got an app called Habit Mechanic University that's in all the app stores, including a Google Play and the Apple App Store. Absolutely free. We're a community where we help each other to build new habits and we're adding lots of features in there, like five-day challenges, et cetera. Um, you can go to our website, which is tougherminds.co.uk, where there's loads of free resources and you can see our sort of coaching programs and our webinars and our workshops and all stuff like that. That's great, John. We'll put those links in our show notes as well. Thank you so much for your time, your passion and your insights. You've given us a really practical uh, look at habits and how we can uh, better guard our minds in our day. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. It's been a pleasure. improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly. Sponsored by Dext.